thought I should Something told me not to go Welcome to Perfect Brainstorm, Creative Challenges by the Creatively Challenged and for Wait. the Creatively Challenged. Oh, okay. I was going to say, is that our official tag tagline? I don't know. Um, I are the people for the people. There you go. I like that. Um, I'm Jake Bush. I'm Brian Perry. And Houston Bodily is not with us. He's no longer with us. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> well, that's no, also he... <laughs> big, big news. No, he no, is he's just still not with us. Tonight. He's just not with us. He um, He's working. I don't know why he's pri- prioritizing his job over this podcast. We're going to have to have a talk about it. but Seriously. Um, He'll be on later in the episode, though, so let's not make a big deal about it. Yeah, he will be back on. <laughs> um, but we have an exciting uh, announcement today. Um, because if you recall from, I think it would be two episodes ago now, um, I had teased our next topic, which was we were going to create uh, the world's best language. Because... <laughs> Every language is not perfect, and so who better to create the perfect language than us, uh, the Perfect Brainstorm team. Whoa, we were totally in sync on that. Um, Perfect. Okay, so um, we then jumped into that endeavor and realized we have no idea what we're doing, so we need an expert. And I am thrilled to introduce um, a longtime friend of mine, the person who convinced me to basically make every decision that I made at college and it turned out to be really good um, because I was kind of a, a, a lost directionless soul and he, he kind of saved me from that. Um, Kekoa Riggin. Hi. Hey, how's it going? It's going welcome good. To the pod. Yeah. Welcome Thank to you pod. so much. It's, it's, I feel like lots of podcasts refer to themselves as the pod and I kind of like that. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. No, uh, it's, it's an absolute honor to be here. Um, I, I mean, it might be a little presumptuous, but I believe I might be your biggest stan. I'm, I'm trying wow. to catch up. Um, I only I, found out about the podcast a couple months ago, but I'm definitely on my way to, to listening live. You have you have um, mentioned things to me from, I think, three different episodes that we've done. And so I think that means that, at least going by evidence, you hold the record for most episodes watched. <laughs> I think you passed my mom for sure. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm shooting so. for the for the Guinness Book of World Records for biggest fan of the Perfect Brainstorm. Oh, yeah. good. <laughs> oh um, man. So I, I think for starters, so that our our listeners uh, know what's going on here, um, a couple things. Maybe first off, so Kikoa is also a podcaster um, who's working on a super awesome podcast. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am just launching a podcast called Left on Red, and it is a book podcast. Um, the I guess the premise of, of the podcast is to have people come on to the show, and I ask them about their favorite books. Um, an oh, episode nice. that I'm really excited about is one that I did with Jake just a, a couple of weeks ago. Yes. And that one should be going live here in a couple of weeks. All right. I'm cool. excited to go back Before and listen to that one. Um, That's it, a way better name for a book podcast than the one we came up with. <laughs> oh yeah, Welcome I don't think books. I, I don't think I ever told Kekoa what our failed book podcast was called. It was called Welcome, Wel- to, Welcome books. to Books. Welcome to Books. You know, I was. I'm actually. I th- did I see that episode or no? Or am I just making that up? Uh, I don't think so. I think that's. I lost think we may have on mentioned it once. We, yeah, maybe, maybe that's what it was. And I was thinking, oh, I'm really looking forward to hearing about that because you know I have my own. Uh, failed book yeah. podcast so yeah no it's 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 up and coming is what it is so 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm really excited about that. I know it's going to be super good because the episode that I was on was very high quality and not <laughs> not due to any effort I was putting in. It was because Kikoa <laughs> knew what he was doing. Because um, it's so, effortless for Jake at this point. <laughs> yeah. If you want to hear me uh, act like a book snob and speak more seriously about like serious topics and swear more often, go listen to that episode because I kind of let loose on it. So nice. That's exciting. What, what book did you do? Uh, it, if that's not too much of a spoiler. No, it's good. Uh, the Shining by Stephen King. Oh, cool. Talked about alcoholism. It was it was great. Um, Unrelated. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just for fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, everybody, go check that out. Um, look up Left on Red on social media and keep an eye out for it on your podcast feeds. Uh, it's going to be good. So uh, moving on from that, I think we'd be interested to know Kekoa kind of what relevancy you bring to the table when it comes to language construction. I can say that, um, so kind of like I already mentioned, I was in a linguistics class with Kekoa. And, oh man, now that I'm thinking about it, were we in the same group for language creation in that class? We no? were not, and I was very disappointed. Yeah. I was really I hoping to be in your group. My my group made some weird penguin language where you like carve hieroglyphics into ice and then it melts, and so there's no like saved record of any history. It was now weird. that, now that you've said it, I remember that your language was called squaw. Yes, it was. That yep. is what it was called. <laughs> Man, I should have studied linguistics. This sounds really fun. Yeah, and so we had a good time in that linguistics class, like learning about language and stuff. Um, but then I think we both kind of realized, like, well, I realized, I'm like, oh, I don't want to major in linguistics and just, like, be talking about language all the time. I want, like, I don't know, more application of languages and stuff. And so Kekoa kind of pointed me toward a translation program, which we both took together for two years. That was also a really good time. Um, we, we, uh, this is one of my highlights and then I promise I'll let you talk. Um, we localized a Pokemon ROM into Spanish or at least like an hour of it where like, and it was, it was just great. Like we hid all kinds of stupid, like text strings in there. So when you went and talked to like the Pokeball guy, he would like yell at you about drinking mate and stuff. It was really fun. (laughs) Yep. Um, so I'll turn it to you, Kekoa. Why don't you tell us kind of your background, what you've been studying for the last few years, what you do, what you're interested in, in regards to uh, language and stuff. Great. Um, well, the first thing I do want to say, because Brian, it sounds like you you sound a little um, regretful that you didn't study linguistics. I am, yeah. But um, what I do have to say is that everything that uh, Jake and I did uh, in this linguistics class, you are about to do on, on this podcast. Uh, nice. So what we paid hundreds of dollars to do over the course of several <laughs> months, you're probably going to do it about an afternoon. You're basically auditing an entire degree right now. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my, my background at this point is in a field called computational linguistics. Uh, so it is a, a field of linguistics, but it's mixed with uh, computer science. And... Cool. Um, I, I like it a lot. There's a couple of different aspects. In fact, you know, linguistics um, includes a wide range of, I guess, tasks that you could do. What I do specifically, uh, my specialization is um, ontology and uh, computational grammars. And so I look at text and I try to apply uh, like programs to it to understand what that text is doing and if that text if that text fits a certain language like a language's rules and structure and if it's grammatical okay so so process you're you're saying with natural languages exactly yeah um in fact it's called natural language processing yeah okay cool so 
that's my specialization. So I'm not really an expert in uh, constructed languages or conlangs, as they might be called. Um, as the real cool people call yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're already cooler than us. I forgot that was even a term. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, so I, I'm not you know, necessarily an expert in that, but I, I do know enough about formal linguistics that I can give you guys a good idea of, of what to look for. Um, and it will well, come from, you know, my kind of unique perspective. Did you know Jake and I speak Esperanto? It's uh, like our So ish. Brian, I didn't I didn't know that you spoke Esperanto, but yes. I absolutely knew that Jake did. That's so cool. Yep. We were the co-founders of the BYU Esperanto Club because we're the coolest kids in in school. Okay, so um, so bet. Let's hear it. Uh me havas computilo. <laughs> no. Sorry, I forgot the accusative there. Um, I can still <laughs> me, say me estas computilo. I can still say uh Mia nomo estas Jaco kai mi estas esperantisto. Oh, that's good. Um chuv, chuvi volas dancy. Would you like I remember to dance? That? Yeah, would you like to dance? There's a song that says that a lot. Um Oh, what's the one? Brian, what's the song? Uh Tiel la mondo iras, I think you No, no, say. no. Um Oh. Mi <laughs> say, that's volas, one you're famous for singing. Mi volas diri dancon. Al viai pre bonai amico <laughs> en la mondo. En la mondo. Do dancon. Yeah. Que Classic Esperanto music. That song wow, is Wow, you remember a lot of it. It's it's burned in my brain. It, everybody <laughs> never forget. I'll put it in the t- in the episode description. I'm yeah. gonna send you a link to this white kid with dreadlocks singing an original I song. Think he's German. Yeah, singing an original yeah, song rapping. in Esperanto, rapping in Esperanto, and it's the weirdest, best thing you'll see all week besides this podcast. So, anyway, one thing that I will add to anyone who goes to look it up: imagine his mom is holding the camera, and it makes it so much better. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's, that's okay. all I have to say about that. <laughs> Anyway, I feel like we cut you off, Kiko. <laughs> no, no. Um, I mean, that's that's about it for me uh, as far as cool. my background goes. Yeah. Cool. Um, so we kind of have some uh, talking points that we had discussed. Um, but now I'm kind of thinking about this because you mentioned, you know, that you have somewhat of a, a background or an understanding in uh, computation or in uh, linguistics, kind of general linguistics. Um, yeah. So I kind of have a, a new question that has just come to mind. What what would be your advice for us in terms of like pitfalls or things to avoid when we're creating our language or just things that suck about like different languages or conlangs? Things that suck about conlangs. Um, to be totally honest here, I, I don't have a whole lot of insight into that. However, um, there, there's one person who's like famous for having created multiple con languages, uh, and that is J.R. Tolkien, the the writer oh, yeah. of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit series and all that. Um, in fact, he, you know, he was a linguist, and, and as a kid, he used to make up languages. He just thought it was super cool, and uh, he made up a lot of these languages based on real languages that he had learned. Uh, but one thing that that now, I don't have the receipts on this, but one thing that I recall him having said was that his languages, or some of them, were completely um, too difficult. He, he said it wasn't, it wasn't efficient. It didn't make any sense why those would be the mm-hmm. rules, other than that he wanted to kind of play with the, the structure of the language and make it difficult, right? Right. So you're saying kind of favor functionality over, like, quirkiness or over, like making it trying to make it cool 
So that's the thing. It, it really de depends what you're trying to do because languages have this tendency to, you know, a lot of us think that the purpose of language is like efficient communication. Um, mm -hmm. and, and you see that when like you're in fourth grade and you're learning grammar and orthography or um, how, you know, there's a certain way that you, you type in email for efficiency and like communicating directly, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But that's kind of like an idea of convergence where people come together around a, like a, 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 an interaction of communication. But there's also many, many examples of divergence uh, in language where the purpose of a linguistic phenomenon is to actually exclude a certain, a certain group of people. Um, and, and you see that a lot with like, you have upper class, you know, uh, people who are in a society and, uh, lower class, uh, individuals in that society, like economically will tend to want to diverge from the main group. Um, okay. and that's where you get like a lot of the terms that you see on social media, like lit and bay and things like that. These are actually terms that are being adopted from the upper class members of society from the lower class as they start to decode them. Ah, that's fascinating. Up. That makes sense. Yeah, but yeah. those those terms are originally uh, invented or created as a means of like like distinguishing identity within like a kind group. of separating yourself yeah. and like creating your own unique identity. Yeah, so Man. it's not always about you know having uh, effective or uh, efficient communication. I'm just like thinking about this now because it's like super interesting that I've never really considered that like we use language like I mean it makes sense and I'm I'm. I've probably realized this at some point in my life, but like creating language or using language that like is designed to exclude other people. And it just kind of hit me that like our languages that we use, they're pretty exclusive toward animals. <laughs> what? Yeah. They're pretty, like what if we had a language that allowed you to speak to humans and animals? Okay. Wait, hold on. Hold on. You're saying the problem is that our current language is only targeted at animals? No, our current language is only targeted at humans. Oh, okay. You're so sort of like, excluding animals. I did not understand like, that. So I was like, what? Like, you need a system that can, like, you can communicate with people, but you could also talk to a gorilla with it. So it's like a mixture yeah. of, like, gorilla sign language and noises. <sighs> Never yeah, mind. Cool. This was a lot cooler idea in my head than it is when now I'm trying to <laughs> say it to you guys. So, Jake, it actually is a, a pretty cool idea, and there are people who are studying animal linguistics. Whoa. Like that is in, pretty crazy. Yeah, like in nature, um, animals really coexist out there. Uh, they, they are aware that there are other species and other people living in the same environment as them. And one of the things that you notice is that, like, if you took a walk into the woods, I, I, you know, if you were, like, maybe going for a, a trail run or something... Yeah. and you stumbled across, you know, maybe a deer or something, um, mm -hmm. that deer would react to you. And the way that the deer reacts would also communicate to other animals, you know, other uh, like rabbits or, or squirrels or whatever. And then also birds, yeah. like they all kind of interact with each other, even though they don't necessarily speak the same language, but there's aspects of communication that huh. happen in nature. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the same way that like your dog, you know what your dog is thinking if it barks, if it growls, yeah. if it's, you know, panting or yeah. wagging its tail. Like there's communication that's happening between species. 
but it would be really cool. It's not the same language though. Yeah. Right. It would be really cool if I could tell the dog, like, make sure you flush after you use the toilet instead of peeing on my couch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thought I had related to that is, um, I think I read that cats have certain sounds they only use for humans, right? Like I've heard meowing is maybe used for kittens, but then mostly it's to interact with humans. I heard that too. I don't know if that's true, but I heard that the like, Cats really only meow when they're trying to get a human's attention. I haven't heard this, but that sounds really cool. I can say that my cat communicates via meowing and biting because at about five o'clock in the morning every day, my cat will just jump on the bed and bite my hand. And that's how she says, hey, idiot, I want food. And then I get up and give it to her like an idiot. But anyway. Like a dumb idiot. I mean, um, I don't know about meowing, but I do know that jellical cats have a very complex oh no, society. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I watched a I watched like a clip of cats on YouTube that someone like filmed in the theater just cuz I like couldn't help myself. It was I I wish I hadn't. It was weird. I still don't understand what jellical means. I know it's cats related. I don't think it means anything. Do you want Okay. Anyway, this is a whole other episode, Decoding Cats. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so now I want to flip it on you, Kakoa, and I want to ask you, in your opinion, what do you think a good language needs? Or, like, either a good, like, what do you think is good good aspects of, like, actual existing human languages, or what cool aspects do you think would make a conlang a good one? Okay. So here's where I say, you know, you guys are going to get, like, the, the project of creating the language. And Brian, this is the only piece of the puzzle that you're missing to have your linguistics degree, okay? Okay. You, you need to know that once upon a time, J.R. Tolkien said, I made the discovery that, link, that legends depend on the language to which they belong, but a living language depends on the quality, excuse me, depends, on, depends equally on the legends which it conveys by tradition. So the okay. do, do I need to read that again? Because I like yeah. stumbled 18 times. Right, give me, give me one more time. Okay. So he said, I made the discovery that legends depend on the language to which they belong, but a living language depends equally on the legends which it conveys by tradition. Got it. So you're saying that like you can't have a good language without culture and history and legends and stories. Yeah. And you, you may not believe this, but... Uh, uh, Tolkien actually created his Elvish languages before he wrote Lord of the Rings. Uh, the writing of the stories was a means to giving life to his language. Whoa. Yeah. Well, I have that, heard that. That makes sense to me. That's that's like one of the big struggles of Esperanto, I feel like. Right? Like, Is it like it doesn't have a culture? We've tried getting into the Esperanto culture, but it kind of doesn't exist. And what does exist is Mi volas diridancon. Uh, <laughs> Is like awkward people and, singing uh, songs on the internet. Yeah, so I agree. Like, I really do. Um, that it just can't exist in a vacuum, right? Like, it has to exist within a culture. Right. I like that. So quote. Here, here's like the caveat that I would give to that, right? Because I don't want you to get too fixate, fixated on, like, I need to create a world around my language. Um, you guys are creating the language. The, the people that use your language, the people that give the background to the story are like is perfect brainstorm right so even if you don't develop this intricate uh world around your story or around your language uh just the fact that you guys are inventing the language and you guys can have the language do whatever it is that you want it to do is like legend and people enough 
for the language, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. I like this because now I'm like I thinking really like back. Yeah. I'm thinking back on like previous episodes we've done, and like if there was a universe in which all that existed was perfect brainstorm ideas, what language would people be speaking? And I think it'd be a weird <laughs> mixture of lo-fi fuzz, people <laughs> yell, people yelling about Batman, and then me and Brian just going, "That's pretty chill." That's pretty chill, and. Uh, <laughs> And Tom DeLonge facts. Yeah, and Tom DeLonge. Like, oh my gosh, do you have your Tom DeLonge fact? I was just there, ask. there is a uh, a linguistic related Tom DeLonge fact. <gasps> okay, perfect. Yes. Yeah. I was gonna say we're gonna have to kick you off if you don't have one. Oh so. my gosh, I'm so glad that um, I actually like just looked up Tom DeLonge and linguistics before I came on this channel. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm actually so glad that like you are once again proving yourself an actual listener of this show <laughs> by knowing that we have to mention Tom DeLonge in every episode. Like you oh, can't be bullcrapping yeah. us. Because you, you know your stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it comes with the territory of being a, a linguist. So, um, <laughs> okay. A linguist and the number one stan of Perfect Brainstorm. <laughs> I'm ready. Absolutely. Okay. So Tom DeLonge has an older brother, uh, Sean DeLonge, and they're incredibly close. In fact, if you, like, if you look up, you know, the relationship between the two, you can see that Tom was, like, a huge supporter of Sean when he retired from the Navy. Um, and I, th I believe he threw him a party and everything. So like, they're really close and they always have been. So when they were kids, like young kids, um, and this is a phenomenon that you see in twins a lot where twins will develop their own communication oh, yeah. method. Um, and it's called cryptophagia when it's between twins because nobody else understands what they're saying, but they are clearly communicating with each other. Tom DeLong and Sean DeLong had this kind of thing between themselves they were so close that they had this kind of um th this kind of relationship and th this kind of made up way of speaking where they communicated to each other uh, but it's even more weird because they're not twins uh, yeah so it's actually classified as idioglossia um that's because crazy. they're not twins but yeah wow there's yeah, yeah. I i'd heard about it with twins i've never heard about it with non-twins that's really cool yeah it, i mean it, it's very rare but but it can happen Cool. Maybe we're okay. going to have to see if we can get Tom DeLong in the second half of this episode so he can <laughs> explain. In. Well, actually, if you wanted to hear the language that Tom and Sean had between each other, there's actually a pop song that has a, it pays like homage to their language. It has a little, no a little phrase from them. Yeah. Uh, you may be familiar with the song by Eiffel 65 called yes. I'm Blue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The chorus to that song is the like the DeLong language. What? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Back up, back up. Are you what a are twist. you saying are you saying the DeLong brothers adapted that song, like they absorbed elements of that song into their language, or that song was written as a tribute to the DeLong brothers? Yeah, that song was a tribute to them and their and their idiots. Yeah. Yeah. This is the best fact <laughs> I've ever heard in my entire life. Okay, so here's and it's a DeLong uh, fact. Yeah, no, so, like, they actually know what the what the chorus says. The, really? So, like, yes. it actually it's, means something. Yeah, it's a question. It's, what if the real storm was our brain all along? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> You're making this entire <laughs> thing up. <laughs> oh, wait. Okay, I demand, I demand that you back up and tell us at what point you started lying. <laughs> um, earlier today, when, when I wrote this, instead of taking lunch at work. Oh man, you had me. I'm, I'm like Googling here, and I'm like, what? Why am I not finding this? You know, the, the nice thing, the nice thing about like 
this podcast is we function on imagination here so i choose to believe that it's true <laughs> yeah it, from now on it is true Oh, you know, there, does he even have a brother yeah yes yeah, so, so that it's all real except for everything yeah okay because i was i was honestly as soon as you said he has a brother i was like i didn't know that so that counts <laughs> he, oh, he has a brother and his brother really was in the military how about that okay okay yeah. so and sean is spelled s-h-o-n apparently Whoa. that's what i have written here yeah interesting okay yeah i, I apologize I, I there's a part of me that <laughs> wanted to leave that as like a fact and then just false information. another part of me that because it was like I spent so much time constructing this falsehood. I really did want to let you guys know it was it was That was one of those falsehoods where like you got in so deep <laughs> that you were just in danger of like it getting bigger and bigger and bigger until yeah, we're yeah. like writing an entire episode to try and decode the song I'm Blue by Eiffel 65 and you would just be laughing the whole time. But wow. you had me. He is proud of his brother too. I will confirm that. Yep. He has he has shared that he is proud of his brother. So Okay. So my language, <laughs> my language is going to have a culture of a world where Tom DeLonge and his brother had a secret language that inspired the song by Eiffel 65. That's the background legend of my language. <laughs> that works, right? Your language cannot exist without that legend. Exactly. That's exactly. that's the uh, that's the Rosetta Stone of your of your language. You know, it would be fun to just take like that song and um, just decide what you want it to mean. And then turn yeah. <laughs> turn the language into that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Say, oh, like daba di daba die means I love riding in hot air balloons. And I feel like you would need like tones to mean something because I'm pretty sure there's only six syllables in that yeah. language, right? That's true. And one of them's repeated. Two of them are re repeated anyway. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a lot of work. Okay, so that was good, Kakoa. Um, you get two gold stars for how well you had us on that one. Um, oh, man. The next question that I want to bring up um, that okay. I think might be just interesting to hear from you. Um, what, like, actual real-world languages do you speak or do you have exposure to? And what are some of the things that you like about those languages? Okay. Um, I only really know one language other than English. Um beyond like superficially being familiar with it and that's mm -hmm. spanish um and you and i have that have that connection yes um apart from that as a linguist i have seen a ton of other languages and familiar with like little bits and pieces of different ones um so like chinese is pretty cool oh and and, and jake you know a little bit of chinese as well right yeah i uh so I, I absorbed some and then uh unsorbed it so <laughs> Cool, cool. Um, so Chinese is cool because, as Brian was just talking about, it's got um, tones. Um, and, I mean, technically, I believe there's six of them. And so you could say the same word with a different tone and you give it six different meanings. Yeah. Um, and also their writing system is really cool if you're not familiar with, like, um, ideographs or, like, kanji symbols and uh, anything that's not, like, a Roman-based uh, character set. Yeah. Because, like... I should know this with how much time I spent in China and Chinese classes, but they like evolved from like pictures basically, right? That you can kind of like reverse engineer a lot of the modern day Chinese symbols to like look like little pictures of what they actually mean. Uh, I, like, I believe that is true with the traditional characters, um, mm -hmm. but China, uh, and I don't, once again, I'm not fully sure that this is correct, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that China is like modernizing their writing system for yeah. simplified Chinese. 
And so that's not necessarily the case with those. But traditional characters, uh, it seems like that is true. Cool. That's super cool. I know, I know people have shown me certain ones like, oh yeah, this is rain and it looks like a, a window with rain outside of it, but uh, yeah. I have no idea if that's that's true. No, I think it's definitely true. I'm sticking with um, it. Yeah. Uh, so, some other things that I think are cool are like languages that can get really long. Um, so there's this concept of uh, glutination where a word can get different like suffixes and affixes tacked onto it and it gets really long, but then a single word can convey a complex idea. Hmm. Oh, right, yeah. That's like, That's ger- like German, German would do that, right? right? Yeah, yeah, German's an example of that. Um, cool. And then you also have languages like Hawaiian, where uh, each uh, each consonant has to be accompanied by a vowel syllable. And so you get, you know, really long words uh, as a result of that. Doesn't mean they're necessarily, like, they don't carry more information. They're just longer because of the rule. Yeah. Huh. Oh, interesting. That's super cool. Um one that one thing that just came to mind for me is um, how in Africa there are certain languages that use like tongue clicking. That's some cool crap right there. Oh, that's right. Um, that was one of the things I actually wanted to mention is because uh, because uh, you had you had asked me about features of languages that are unusual or even like don't exist. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. if you look at the like the phonetic alphabet, uh, and you can just find that online. Um, yeah, like you, the NATO phonetic alphabet. No, no, the uh, International Phonetic Alphabet, oh, the it. linguistic one. Um, and you can look, if you look at like, I think it's IPA.org or, or something like that, uh, you can actually click on the different like characters and it will tell you what the sound is. Um, there are spots on the charts that are empty. And that's because n- th- we don't see them in the world. We don't see people using them. That does Whoa. not mean they huh. don't exist. Got it. Right? That's Like crazy. when you listen to like babies, how they like, cooing noises and, and they make different kinds of sounds and we laugh at it sometimes because it's like that doesn't mean anything um it it may be it does yeah well it, <laughs> it, it could may be <laughs> that um as we grow up we actually learn not to make certain noises because our language doesn't include those and so it's totally possible Whoa. that some of these some of these sounds exist and we just don't use them so you're that totally you're, you're saying yeah. you're saying that like as i'm building out my alphabet like my phonetic alphabet for my conlang if i wanted i could make a letter b yeah yes you could all right <laughs> every word yeah <laughs> that's how you begin and end every sentence <laughs> i mean if you think of like like in spanish you can roll your r's right it's it's called yeah. a trill um you could do that with almost any other sound but you know, or I mean, you couldn't do it with any other sound, but you could do it with different like positions in the mouth. So like, right. like an H sound. Imagine if an H sound somehow had a trill in it. That'd be like, like a purr. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you could do like a Chewbacca uh, growl. Oh like, yeah, because that's kind of like it's kind of like rolling your R but in your throat instead of your tongue. Exactly. So huh. yeah, you could have all that kind of stuff if you wanted to. This is opening my mind. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to trill. Okay, we're going to trill something in this language. I'm going to trill my S's. <laughs> oh, here's here's another one I was thinking of. Um, sign language is a legitimate language, uh, yeah. but it doesn't include any of the features that we typically consider a language, like, unless we're thinking and trying to be inclusive of language. Uh, but uh, American Sign Language has all of the, like the, the bits and pieces of a language. So it has words, uh, which you see in signs, and it has... Uh, phonemes, so like the sounds, you get those in the form of like hand shapes and uh, like position okay. po- positioning yeah. of your hands, and then you also get punctuation and tone with facial expressions. Oh yeah. And so 
that's that's another like um, like kind of going outside of the box of like a, a verbal or oral language. So what if um, like you could come up with a language um, like akin to that, but instead of like hand signs and facial features, uh, it's a combination of dance moves and scatting, like skip it bop bop to boop bop bop, and you just like throw some dance moves with it, and it all means something. I that would think, be a wild world to live in. I think you're just talking about the '80s. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah, that, that's like a real thing. <laughs> cool. No, this is this is fascinating. Um, there's like it's been so long since I've like talked about conlangs and like been in any linguistics class that like I forget about like all these cool aspects of language that are not a part of like our daily lives since we just speak English you know Um, yeah cool so So let me let me just give you like the main pieces of a language that you guys you you guys might want to consider that's perfect okay Okay. the the first one is the sounds and so that's like the the phonetics you you want to know what sounds are even possible in your language second you want to have some sort of concept of words or ideas right um and that's called lexicon then you want to think about how those words are put together into sentences and that's called grammar or syntax okay and then you want to think about meaning so does the does the sentiment of what i'm trying to say does the sentiment of what i'm trying to say change based on the different pieces of my language that i include and that's called semantics and then outside of that is I mean, some people include writing systems, some, you know, some people include other aspects of the language, but that really kind of gets into the culture. Sweet. Got it. Okay. That is like super, super good, like super good backbone to like kind of follow here. Yeah. This is going to be a language. All right. It's going to be like a whole language. Also, (laughs) it just occurred to me that uh, our, the name of our podcast is, is named, its initials are both plosive bilabials. I just learned that from the <laughs> International Phonetic Alphabet. Fantastic, and that is correct. Yeah, P and B, they're both plosive by... I just, the only reason I picked that out is there's a table and there's one box that has those two in the right order. So, so and wait. Those... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry, you told me to wait, so I stopped. <laughs> I was just I was just going to mention that it might have not been the best call for us to name our podcast with two plosive bilabials because those are the noises that make, like, B- bad sounds when you're recording into a bad microphone sounds on a recording yeah exactly so welcome to perfect brain storm <laughs> perfect brainstorm <laughs> so that's actually ex- it, exactly the comment i was going to make jake is that the the uh, bilabial plosives are the reason that you have um the pop filters the pop filters right yeah because they're the ones that pop yep we'll, we'll pretend that we planned it all along and it's a fun inside joke for podcasters <laughs> there you go <laughs> and linguists Welcome to the Plosive Bilabial Podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh, Plosive Bilabial. That's also PB. That's also okay. a, that's also a good band name. Oh my gosh, it's I all thought connected. I thought that was why you were saying that. Actually, <laughs> oh no, I was just just there's a table here, and on, on the down the left hand side oh, yeah. it says Plosive, across the top it says Bilabial, and in the box is PB. Right. And I just I, I just saw oh perfect brainstorm. Plosive Bilabial. But it's also Plosive Plosive Bilabial. So there you go. Now we know. Cool. All right, I think we got some really good stuff here. Um, yeah. Brian, I'll let you if you have any other questions to ask. Or do you uh, think we covered? I think we did it. I think actually what you're talking about sign language I think is going to factor in quite a bit with uh, with my, the idea I've already got sort of uh, rolling around in my noggins. So. All right. It'll be good. Uh, do you have any last, uh, any final words? Okay, we're not going to kill you. We're just 
<laughs> Any last words? <laughs> no, you know, I'm just, I'm glad I got to be here to uh, do a perfect brainstorm with you guys. All right. This you, was a you per- perfect, you brainstormed perfectly. You know what? And I, I would go on to say that this is probably the first episode that will actually make our listeners smarter rather than dumber. <laughs> and I am really excited about that. So you have, you have given perfect. us a great gift here on Perfect Brainstorm. <laughs> Tell people the name of your podcast one more time. The podcast is called Left on Red. And mind you, name. there are actually other podcasts with that name. So mine is the Left on Red Books Podcast. Okay. Got it. There you go. And it's Perfect. gonna be really good. And it's gonna make you smarter every day. So Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Kakoa. Thank you guys Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. All right. Yep. Nice to meet you. Bye. Whoa, Houston, what are you doing there? Uh, I've been here the whole time. I don't know what y'all are talking about, oh. but I was doing a Brian you, impression that whole interview. Psych. You, you were hiding Everyone. behind the couch again. I'm an impressionist. I'm so good at it. Oh, wow. I see. So you're trying to tell me that this whole episode has actually been Houston impersonating Brian, and Brian is the one that didn't show up for the episode. Exactly. Gotcha. Brian, we're going to have to talk about this in your performance review, Brian. <laughs> um, see, anyway. I... I did Brian's laugh there. Wasn't it convincing? Yeah, that was pretty good. But I'm going to have to request that you stop immediately. (laughs) Hey, hey, cut this from the podcast. Brian, I need you to say more things right now so that I can pretend like I'm impersonating it. He's not going to say anything. (laughs) I know Brian. No. Oh, there you go. That was a pretty convincing no, Houston. Uh, Now we're done. This was going to be a hilarious bit, and Brian ruined it. And Jake, I feel like you weren't welcoming to Brian, so you probably ruined it too. All right. Well, <laughs> welcome to both of you. I'm glad that we're all here now, and we can talk about language creation. Um, that was some pretty interesting information we got from Kekoa. Um, and yeah. you know, the to to you, the podcast listener, it seems that he was just here. But in reality, we slipped into the space-time continuum, and I had a whole week to fall way down the rabbit hole of language creation, and I have a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff that I'm ready to talk about. Let's um, say nice. it's not that we, by choice, separated our interview with him by a week. More like internet and computers decided yeah. to separate us in the far corners of the world and keep us from getting to each other. Exactly. And only Seriously. Only finally this morning. Because apparently the two of you have the internet connection of a third world country. Yeah, no joke. Yeah, that basically <laughs> sums it up. I don't know what the we deal is. We have podcast ghosts living in our databases, and they're trying to eat up all our internet activity. We're gonna, but now they're gone, and we can make a gosh darn language. Okay. Can we be podcast ghostbusters and fight the podcast ghosts? I was actually just about oh, to man. say we should do an episode where we make a movie for podcast ghostbusters, and it's just about us trying to beat the podcast ghosts okay i'm putting that in our backup library of millions of ideas for this podcast that we have okay perfect um well before i so as you guys can tell i'm pretty excited to jump into this um but before i do that i just want to ask you like how did you guys feel about brainstorming language stuff my biggest takeaway was was the idea that it doesn't have to be a universal language, right? Like we've talked about Esperanto right. so much just in our lives that like when I went into starting this language, it was very much like, okay, I need to make like the perfect language that will work for absolutely everyone. 
and it was very daunting. So when we were able, when we talked about that, I was like, oh, I should like identify one group that I can like really focus on. So there's a chance that yeah. my ideas do not work with the broader vision and that's okay. Um, cause it's not like you've got like a lot, Jake. So, and mine, that like, was my takeaway. So I will tell you up front. Um, one of the comments that really stuck for me with what we talked about with Houston, with not Houston, with Kekoa is, um, how we mentioned that, you know, a language is born from like a culture and a legend basically. Yeah. And a, a language can't really exist without that. And so my language is very heavy on legend and lore and culture and not very heavy on actual like, um, you know, specific language that we can actually use, but okay. the idea for it is something that future generations will be able to run with. So, um, nice. before I jump into this, I have to ask you guys a question. Are you aware of the figure, the man, the myth, the legend, Scatman John? I, am, I have heard the name. I'm familiar with scatting, and I know okay. a lot of Johns. Okay. I don't think any of them are legendary. <laughs> I, I don't know anyone named John, so I may be lost on this conversation. All right, so... You guys need to buckle your seatbelts because you you are about to embark on a journey of storytelling that is absolutely mind-blowing, and I'm going to have you okay. in, tear, in tears by the end of this. Okay. How do you know I already wow. have a buckle in my office? I've I'm been already to your office. set. We all, we all thought it was weird that you had a seatbelt on your office chair, but now we know It's why. actually like a full-on booster seat. I wanted to be safe just in case podcasting gets really wild. It's an adult-sized car seat. <laughs> I just He's ready to go. Sitting in an adult-sized car seat with a microphone next to your mouth. I'm ready to go, guys. <laughs> and that image is just disturbing for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, um, but you know there's going to be fanfic about it at some point. <laughs> no. Please no. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Scatman John <laughs> is the founding father of my language. Um, but he's more than that. He's almost a deity of our language. Okay. Um, so I'm going to back up and it's like the sixties or something. Okay. A young man okay. named John, not yet Scatman John, just little boy, John. Um, he was this boy and he had this really, really bad stutter. Like not just okay. like stutter every once in a while, but like the kind of stutter that you, you know, people go to therapy for their whole lives for. Like, have you guys seen the King speech? Right. Yes. Okay, so it's like that. Yeah. Like, he just really struggled. Okay, you need to go watch that, Brian. So he really struggled just to, like, get a sentence out, right? It's the and kind so, of stuttering that if a police officer pulls you over, they're not going to give you a ticket because they feel bad about it. Yeah. That's a real-life story. That's a sp oh, I was going to say, that's a very specific example. <laughs> no, but, yeah, it's a real thing. Like, people, there are people that have such a bad stutter that it, like, really impairs their, their daily lives. And uh -huh. um, so this was kind of his situation, and he was bullied all throughout school, um, like really severely bullied. And so he kind of became very like reclusive, um, but he always turned to music as kind of a means of coping, and he really liked jazz music. Okay, uh, when he okay. becomes when he becomes an adult, he decides he wants to be a jazz musician, um, but he really struggles with that. And he also kind of fell into alcoholism because of how sad his life had been because he had never been able to overcome this stutter. And so even like well into his adult life, okay, basically his entire life, he always had this stutter. He never overcame the stutter when he was speaking, right? But okay. here's the twist. He discovered that when he was scatting 
He never stuttered. Ever. And thus, huh. Scatman John was born. So, do you think... Do you so, think scat, he didn't invent scatting, right? No, no, no. He didn't invent scatting. But he, I was, like, waiting for that to be the twist, that he, like, invented scatting because he stuttered or something. Okay. No, no, no. Do, do you think scatting is just a stutter, a melodic stutter? Like, do you think okay. Louis Armstrong, when he was growing up, was like, <laughs> So, Scatman scat John... Wonderful world. Listen, listen to this. <laughs> listen to this. Scatman John has an answer to everything. Guys, I need you to really appreciate my Louis Armstrong impression. It was I, a really good stuttering Louis good. Armstrong. That was pretty good. I, I will give you that. Um, but it blew my mind because I, for the last week, I have had on repeat Scatman John's entire debut album. And basically, he answers <laughs> every single like issue and problem of the universe. And every question that you have, Scatman John has an answer for it. And so... Okay. To answer your question, scat, I assume. to answer to answer your question, Houston, um, is scatting and uh, stuttering the same thing? In Scatman's debut single, Scatman John, he says, "I'm trying to remember the exact lyrics. Something about everybody's talking how the Scatman stutters, but he doesn't ever stutter when he sings. But the message for you, I'm telling you now, is that the scat and the stutter is the same thing. Yo, I'm the Scatman. Whoa. Hey, yeah, you know it. So you have heard of Scatman then because you, I, you just you I didn't st- realize that was the inspiration of this. I just know yes. that one line. Okay, yeah. So we're 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 on a good track here cuz you're already seeing the glory and you're already being inspired by the Scatman. <laughs> the the puzzle that is this world is starting to piece together. So, um his his debut album uh, was called Scatman's World, okay? And he decided like Bobby's and, World exactly and (laughs) he decided in this album that he was going to tackle some really really heavy issues okay and he was going to kind of build this fictional universe um called scatman's world where everything is very like idealistic and beautiful and there's no resentment and there's no racism and there's no hatred and so that's what like all of these songs are about and it's all just interspersed with really really like intense scatting okay okay now fast forward to 1999 when Scatman is at the end of his sadly short career, um, he was touring. He was on like a world tour to promote Scatman's world. And another side note is like he's like in his 50s by now. So he was like an old dude by the time he became famous. And that was like another okay. thing is like it was a very much an underdog story where like he had struggled his entire life with alcoholism and being bullied and had kind of just had kind of a sad life. But then like when he turned 50, he became like a celebrity and was like this famous like jazz musician, right? Famous but scat. It was a, Interesting. Yes, a famous scat man. Yeah, the scat man, John. Um, so have he was we ever one considered his... the fact that maybe he's talking about a different kind of scatting, and he's that kind of scat man? Yuck. So that is actually blasphemy under the <laughs> principles of the scat man's world. If you reference that, um, it, it's highly taboo. And I know that it's taboo because I learned the lesson the hard way when I went on the internet earlier this week and Googled how to get into scat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Don't do it. Yeah, like, talk to Laura Dern from Jurassic Park. She can teach you exactly how to get into scat. Yeah, that that's oh, okay. Yeah. If you're a paleontologist, it's okay. Anything else, no. It's highly taboo. You will be shunned from society. Okay. Um, 
So hey, I'm, there there is no sex <laughs> shaming or gross shaming here on this podcast. Just to be not, clear, not on the podcast, but in Scatman's world, yes, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one contingency. Hey, it is a Scatman's world. We're just living in it. Exactly. All right, so Scatman I'm, I'm just almost... <laughs> is very racist against crappy people. Apparently, yes, he's. Um, okay, we're getting derailed here. I'm, I'm almost done with my story. So, Scatman John, um, in 1999, he's on his world tour, and he gets into a scat battle um, with his saxophone player. You know how the saxophone player will be like, and then he has to like match it scatting, right? Yeah, yeah. He went so hard that he passed out, and <laughs> he okay. laid on the stage... And everyone thought it was a part of the act. And they were like, oh, the scat man, John, he's a legend. Uh, well, it actually turns out he had lung cancer and he was rushed to the hospital uh, where he died. That's really wow. crappy. So his last words were, let me find it. Give it a bebop. He said, whatever God wants is fine by me. I've had the very best life. I have tasted beauty. Wow. What a dumpy so, ending. No, but listen. What if Scatman didn't really die? What if he just ascended? What, what if he just ascended and became a <laughs> deity and became the true Scatman John? And it's now our responsibility and duty to create Scatman's world. Just as he <laughs> outlined in his debut album, Scatman's World. So wow. that is what my language I, uh, is based upon. That's really deep. So... Do you guys want to know like the analogy? Are you going to start? Are, are we, to be clear, we started this episode trying to create a language. Are we also creating a cult? Because I need uh, to know this <laughs> for my own mental sanity before we do this. Yeah, I think I think what Kakoa said was you can't make a language without also making a cult. I think is what he said. Yes, that, I that's how very I remember distinctly it. remember that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just a quick. Do you, do you guys, are you still on board? Are your seatbelts still buckled? I know uh, I'm, I, it kind of sounds like you made up a really long to story to, to set up the fact that you didn't come up with anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did, though. And okay, cool. that's what Let's I'm about to tell you. So I'm going to give you a quick run through because I, I know that I'm dominating the, the podcast right now. But this is all very, very important to me. Um, in the, the language of Scatman's world, um, the language is called Scatish. Okay. Okay. Um, it's a language, not quite like a leprechauns. That is, a, I, I kid you what? not. That's a, a word for word quote from one of Scatman John's. Oh, okay. He's, hold on. Give me two seconds here. You guys have to grasp what I'm getting at. While and you're looking just, this up, can I just say that this is not my realm of expertise by any means. So my preparation on this is very minimal. <laughs> um, okay. The one thing I, I've got one note it's highlighted here and it okay. says, I mean, we all have one note. It's, it's a very handy tool. It's yeah. one note within one note. Um, and it says linguistic relativity, which is the cool principle that, uh, the, the type of language that you speak kind of shapes the way your mental processes work. Um, this was very creatively demonstrated in the movie Arrival, if any of you have seen that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And the one thing I thought is, you know what? We're a creativity podcast. What if we could create a creative language that is ever expanding? Kind of Shakespearean in a sense, where he just decided, you know what? I don't have a word for this. I'm just going to make one, but it sounds close enough to other words yeah. that people will get the vibe. And people I feel, get it, yeah. and I feel personally like this uh, crapscat language is exactly <laughs> the kind of language we need to do this kind of ingenuity and improvisation in a language that would be the brainstorm language. Yeah, absolutely. It's fueled by creativity in crap man's art. world. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have I have to I found it. Are you guys ready? This yeah. is Scatman John himself describing what uh, what Scatish is. The people of Scatland speak in Scatish. Scatish is a language not quite like a leprechaun. It sounds like the language of the people of Earth who speak in a tongue of their own. Okay. <laughs> the people of Scatland speak in Scatish. Scottish is a language not quite like a leprechaun. It's the language of earth people who speak in a tongue of their own. I've you guys... never assumed I would hear anything like that in a song. Well, you need yeah. to go listen to this album. Because the album is literally like the constitution of Scatman's world. And it outlines every principle that you need to know about it. <laughs> we the scatters of this united nation yeah. hereby declare that it is not the language of leprechauns, but it sounds like it. Exactly. And what is the other thing? I don't care. That I've moved on. So, I'll I'll give you now my quick rundown of how the language works, and then I promise that I'll be, I'll be more quiet for the rest of the episode. Um, so basically, Kikoa outlined these different pieces for us. Right? You need sounds or phonemes. You need words or lexicon. You need sentences okay. or grammar. Um, you need meaning, um, and then you need culture, which I've already gone into profusely. So for the sounds of this language, it'll be like ska, ske, ski, sko, sku, ba, be, bi, bo, bu, da, de, di, do, do. Hold on, wait, what are these again? Those are the um, those are the the twenty sounds of Scottish. No, it's not like the alphabet. There, you're not speaking coherently at all. No, I absolutely am. So you know how, like in English, you have your vowels, which are a, a, e, o, u. Well, in Scottish, you have skaske, skisko, sku. Okay. Um, and go, go on. From those, you can create words, and a word can be a combination of two, three, or four phonemes. Um, and so if you add that up, that creates a combination of around 168,000 possible words, which is plenty. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, now... You can also add a Y or an L wherever you want, and it doesn't ever change the meaning. It's simply for flair. So, like, <laughs> okay. if you take the two, the two phonemes do d, you can say do d, or you can say doodly, and it's the same thing. Okay. So now I have some okay. some examples of words. Um, Before like hey. Hey, before yeah. we drink the Kool-Aid too much on this scat cult, um, did we ever just point out that the reason why he doesn't stutter when he's scatting is because scatting is stuttering? But it's like beautiful stuttering. It, it's melodic stuttering. 
but I can melodically mispronounce words. It doesn't mean I'm a a language genius. And you do it so well. <laughs> I'm okay, a master I'm, of my art. I know Houston. <laughs> I know Houston that you're you're a non-believer at this point. But we're like, you can't exist in Scatman's world without eventually becoming a believer. So I'm the one guy in like normal clothing who's sitting in the open field, and there's an enormous amount of sunshine coming from everywhere and everyone is in pure white robes and they're all just scatting at me in a circle. Exactly. Exactly. That's pretty much exactly <laughs> how I pictured it in my head. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, this is so, now a horror movie. <laughs> Midsommar meets scatting. I mean, if you think of it not as a horror mu- movie and like a utopian society where everyone lives in peace and harmony, you know that that's not helping Jake, but you can keep going. You can keep going. All right. Um, so I'll, I'm almost done here. Basically, so you combine those things into words. So you can say "babadoo," and that means hello. Um, you can okay. say. Why does okay. that mean hello, Jake? Now you're just turning movie monsters into words. You just said "babadoo" <laughs> as hello, like. What's next? Frankenstein means I'm hungry. Wait, wait, wait. Is Baba Duke a monster? You Baba Duke. Oh, I didn't say Baba Duke. You, there's no, there's no yeah, uh, K, K we, at the end of words. We know where you were going with that. I, I'm just <laughs> trying to be the reasonable one here. I'm trying to All keep right. everyone in line. I understand. I understand. You, you're keeping the runaway train from going off the rails, and that's I appreciate that, Houston. Um, skip doodly da. That means what are you up to? Um, why does it mean that though? Why does anything mean anything? <laughs> I guess that's true. When it okay. comes to when it comes to languages, I mean, why does why do the words um, "What's up" imply that you are asking someone what is currently going on in their situation? Yeah, I mean, yep, that's a great point. Okay, well, <laughs> no. I need to know, Brian, how you're feeling about this. Um, I have no idea what to do with this. <laughs> That's basically where I stand. I think it's great, and I think it's a great mythology. I just have no idea where to go from here. All right. Um, so I'm okay, gonna, let I'm, me. Okay, hold on. Here's where. So Houston did his little interjection. I think that's how we're gonna do this. I think. I think this is the Scantman John episode. But Houston got to say his little thing about creativity or whatever, and I'm gonna say some thing about about phonemes and pronouns for a second, okay. and then we can go back to Scantman John. <laughs> Because, like, I just want to give you an idea of how lost I am trying to f- how, figure out how to insert this stuff that I've prepared. Because, <laughs> because this is, I think it's actually great. I'm a big fan. But also, I don't know how to insert the idea that I'm like, hey, I found some cool mouth sounds that uh, the way that, uh, or, or mouth shapes, that I, I made sure there's only one letter for each mouth shape. Yeah. So it's easy to lip read my language. Have we talked about the mouth feel of the language and how good it feels or not? <laughs> How's the mouth feel? I mean, is there any other mouth feel than like doodle dap dap to doodle dap bop? It's the only mouth feel. It's the best mouth feel. That felt so good in my mouth just now. Like I Okay, I but now consider me trying to introduce the concept of, oh, what if what if we're more clear about pronouns and how you is is uh confusing in English? Because you don't know if it's singular or plural. I found a solution for that. All right. It's a very different conversation. <laughs> all right. All right. I think here's the deal. Here's the deal. 
I I I concede that I have hijacked the episode. <laughs> yes, I, I it's your topic. That. So I am officially shelving Scatman's world for the time we're being. Hiding, we're hiding the um, Scatmanson family. Okay, no, for a but here's bit. okay. No, here's the other point I have to make is I also don't have much more than what I just said. <laughs> so, <laughs> those are just. <laughs> You These gave us concepts. A, you gave us a creative challenge that broke Brian and I. Is what we're saying, <laughs> <laughs> and yourself, I think. Yeah, I, but we came with a great, totally different way. Mythology, like okay, okay. Look, we need to be honest with ourselves. We were never going to create an entire language from this episode, even with the expert help of Kikoa. Yeah. Um, but I do think we created a world for that language to exist in, just like J.R.R. Tolkien did with the Lord of the Rings. So right. really what I'm saying is we just made the new Lord of the Rings. Yes. Um, and I mean, <laughs> I warned you guys up front. I fell really far down the rabbit hole on this one. Um, and I think it's my new, I think it's my new like ambition know, purpose in life to establish wow. Scatman's world. Like, okay. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to continue with the podcast because it might interfere with my, my evangelization <laughs> of Scatman's world. <laughs> um, no, I so yeah, I I understand that this is uh, this is something. This is something pretty big that we <laughs> sure is. Well, it's good to know that you've got a new direction in life, uh, Jake. How are we gonna make money on this cult? <laughs> Wait, was that part of the challenge that we have to make money off this language? No, but you turned it, was... it into a cult, and with I thought its it was specific just to language. Improve, I thought it was just to improve uh, like human experience. Um. That's the other extreme of it. I, I think somewhere in the middle is creating a new language, which you've you've done. Props to you. Tip yeah. the hat. You did a good thing. Good job. Gold brainstorm star for you. Thank you. <laughs> I've been hoping that what? I was going to get a gold star at some point. <laughs> what about selling t-shirts? Um, t-shirts. T-shirts. I mean, we could sell, like, okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. You ready? This is how we're going to make money off this. Um, so another uh, chapter of my uh, lore that I had written here that I haven't even touched on is that now that Scatman John is the deity and everyone speaks in Scattish and it's basically this language where everyone is just melodically scatting their feelings toward each other. Um, it kind of like it becomes a part of your vocabulary. Um your like the Spotify playlists that you're able to compile because everybody walks around with a boombox on their shoulders and you play jazz music <laughs> that indicates the mood that you're currently feeling. And so you're always scatting okay. over jazz music that makes you feel that way. So um, we like will create a monopoly and we will produce all kinds of new jazz music that fits every type of social situation. And we'll just be raking in the revenue on all these Spotify streams because people will be streaming at 24 seven. Okay, there it is. Okay, yeah, cult. I'm in. It's income. <laughs> I'll okay. I'll I'll say what you need me to say. Scat what you right. need me to scat. Um. All right. Uh, skibbity bebop. Um. Did that mean anything? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was actually really offensive, and I don't even want to get into it because I can't believe you just said that to me. Okay, I'm, uh, writing I'm that down on sorry. my swear words to remember. Baba do, <laughs> Baba Duke. That's the only one I'm going to remember. I think. 
Yeah, and that's okay. Let's we can start using that, and then we'll just. Uh, can Baba we'll... Duke be? Can it be like, like gangster, hello, or like mafia hello, where it's like, hello, but it's menacing. Well, that depends can on the- Can bada bing the... mean something? Can bada bing bada boom mean something? Bada bing bada boom is like, what's up, my friend? Like, how's life? Like, that's a really Are, cool did, thing to say. Nice. Jake, yeah. did you write that down and specifically say bada bing bada boom equals what's up, my friend? Or did you just make that up? Scottish is a language that doesn't really have a, a rule book. Like, uh, it... Apparently no clear definitions either. Uh, yeah i mean you can just like it whatever your feelings are like you can communicate it with skadish and people automatically understand like that's that is how it works in scatman's world <laughs> okay okay so that's what a language is houston i feel like you uh you were probably the most uh not on board with this so i before no the i episode... to be to be clear i am a hundred percent on board with this i just need you to know the can of worms that you've just opened yeah <laughs> i need you to like you can't just go into this blindly being like hey i'm jake i invented the language it's cool let's worship scatman jones no i need you to realize and fully accept yes i am a cult leader now i'm speaking gibberish that i have stolen from leprechauns and in, in trying to implement onto the world to make them more chill also drugs may be involved in order to really comprehend this language you have so drastically missed the point of Scatman's <laughs> world that I don't even know what to say. So I think we're going to end there. And maybe on our um, Patreon in the future, we can have a, a six-hour debate about the logistics and the meaning behind Scatman's world. Do you think there's you guys... a Okay, perfect. Do you think there's specifically a Patreon app for cult leaders? Um, I think <laughs> it's just Patreon. Yeah, but like more menacing. More ambiguous. Um, yeah, you just described Patreon. <laughs> Touche. Okay. Brian, wait, who has next week's episode? I do. Uh, okay, Houston. Yeah. Now's He's... your moment. Now's your moment to take the podcast and, and bring it back in <laughs> to a space where things make sense. Okay. Uh, first, so. Brian needs to tell us where we can find us. Uh, yeah. We're on the internet at perfectbrainstorm.net. Um, we've got links to all our socials there. But just in case, we've got uh, at Perfect Brainstorm on Instagram, at Perf Brainstorm on Twitter, Perfect Brainstorm on Facebook. Um, and go check us out. we got some stuff going on. So... Uh, we'll be posting updates and we'll let you know when there's some some real changes there like we talked about last week but uh, for now just uh, go check it out and uh, the entire website is now going to be translated into Scottish so yes <laughs> Brian gets it Brian gets it let's hear your topic well, what if I told you it's going to relate to another scatter did you know R2D2 was the original scat man <laughs> Wow. I didn't know that. Everything he says is in Scottish. Um, that is a but, heavy piece of lore. Yeah, we're not actually going to focus on R2-D2, but we are going to focus on a little something I like to call Star Wars. Um, oh, yeah. I was I was honestly like, man, I can't wait to figure out what Houston's topic is. I forgot we've already talked about this, and I'm already working on it. Yes. So, Star Wars. It's a thing. Hopefully you've heard of it. 
Um, there was three movies. Well, technically five movies that came out since 2015. Three of them were telling one story. Uh, they are often kind of, referred to as... Debatably. Arguably. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... That ties into what we're going to talk about. Um, it is known know. as... That's why I said it. The sequel trilogy. There's a lot of speculation, and there's a lot of evidence that suggests that maybe all three movies weren't planned in advance, and that maybe three different people just decided, well, two people and one person did it at separate times, just decided to write their own movies and then hope that they connected. Um, Whether you like them or not, it is an interesting approach to telling stories. I want to replicate it. Um, What we are going to do in this next episode is we are going to retell the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Uh, So this is episode 7, 8, and 9. We have to use the same characters. Uh, They don't necessarily have to appear or be as relevant in the same movies, but we have to use same characters. And what we have to do is we did a random number generator. Uh, Is it Jake? Are you writing episode 7? That would be me. Jake is 7. Okay, so Brian is writing episode seven. Jake is writing episode Wait. eight. No, I, oh, I'm writing. Yeah, I'm oh, writing. Oh, I misheard. Seven. Okay, so Jake is writing. I'm confused now. Seven. Jake is writing episode seven. Yes. Brian yep. is writing episode eight, and I'm writing episode nine. But we're writing them separate of each other. We're gonna come in, give a five minute pitch of our episode, and then we have to connect all three movies to each other without taking away any of the details we already wrote down. So we get to provide a one-page summary of our movie. doesn't have to take the full page, but whatever is on that page cannot falter. And we have to make them okay, tie so in together. Interesting. So I've actually written some things of like, if this, then that, based on what Jake presents. Is that allowed? Nope. You just have to commit. Like it's creative challenges. Okay. This is gaps. this is creative challenges at its most creative. This is a challenge. This is challenging. It's like it's like yeah, when you draw two pictures and then you have to like draw whatever goes in between them to connect. That's them. exactly what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. So that should be like fun. so he so Jake could just like kill off Kylo Ren, and then my opening scene is Kylo Ren doing something, and it's like whoa, and big reveal, and we have to figure out why it works. Be bold, yeah. guys. Okay. I want you to okay. tell the story you want to tell. Don't worry about, about anyone okay. else. Perfect. Just you know what episode you're okay. doing, so you can assume like, okay, Jake's probably gonna write a good introductory episode. Brian's gonna do like the middle dark fall act, and I'm gonna conclude it all. But other than that, like, just write the story you want to hear. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. I've got some good ideas, so. Get ready. All right. Thank you, guys. Um, thank you, listeners, for uh, bearing with us on this journey so far. Um, <laughs> you can't get out now. If you try to leave the Perfect Brainstorm um, fold, then we will come after you and um, send us Yeah, what are we talking man. about? Perfect Brainstorm is already a cult. So. <laughs> exactly. Okay. <laughs> I guess so, we need to have an intervention to accept that. Um. Until next time, I am Jake Bush. I am Brian Perry. 
It was my turn to go first. <laughs> Let's try that again. I'm Jake Bush. I Nope, you're right. It is Brian next. The order confuses me. <laughs> okay, I'm Jake Bush. I'm Brian Perry. I'm Houston Bodily. Oh, wait, guys. Uh, somebody just tapped on my shoulder, and they said that they need to to introduce themselves as well. Hold on one sec. No, I'm... I'm a scat man. <laughs> wow, did he turn into a robot? Who is this guy? I'm a scat man. How does he have pianos coming out of his mouth? <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Anyway, bye. Bye. <laughs>